Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for that kind introduction. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad to be with you. Be home. Amen. Be with, with you right at home. And I uh, want to wish you a very happy new year as well. I believe it will be good. Amen. So, uh, you know, we were, we were listening to our daughter, Chloe, who's coming home tomorrow, tomorrow night, just for a few weeks. And, and uh, so one statement she made, I thought, that's a really good statement. You know, you don't want to wait till the end of the year to find out and, uh, and then finally decide what kind of a year you've had. Uh, just like every day you want to make up your mind, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So you can do that for an entire year as well. And I believe, uh, you know, you don't want to look at things around you. You don't want to go by circumstances, by what people say, what people do. You don't want to go by that whatsoever. Uh, because when it's all said done, is always between you and the Lord, right? I mean, you can decide for yourself that you're going to have a good day. You can decide for yourself you're going to have a victorious year. Amen. And once you make up your mind about it and you begin to speak like that and act like that, you'll be amazed how many things uh, that you were expecting fall into place. But because God is the God who goes beyond expectation, you'll, <laughs> you'll see that you'll find things happening to you beyond your wildest expectation. And when everybody else around you is groaning and moaning, <laughs> and loaning and whatever <laughs> whatever they're doing amen you are you are a victorious believer amen uh, christianity was not meant for for you to cope for you to cope in life right it's often presented that way i've heard people say i believe i've even said it myself you know before i was born again christianity is a crutch <laughs> And uh, that sounded nice, uh, but I don't think, it's, it's more than that. It's a whole lot more than that. It is a victorious life and a victorious lifestyle. Because if you think about Jesus, you know, there's nothing, nothing in him. He was not subject to anything. He was not subject to men. He was not subject to the devil. He was not subject to circumstances. He wasn't subject to sickness and disease. And all these things, he, he was a conqueror. Amen. When he rose up from the grave, you know, he didn't ask for his disciples to come by and him knocking on the door, let me out of this, out of this grave, I'm locked up. No, when he rose from the dead, he came out swinging. Amen. He didn't ask for a little push, you know, help me out, give me a little push. I got to go back to the Father in heaven. No, no, no. You know, I like what one preacher said. He didn't come out of the grave with one leg dragging behind him, two front teeth missing because he had just been in a horrible fight. No. Again, he came out swinging. Amen. He said, all authority. All authority. And, you know, we sometimes jokingly say, we checked out the word all in the Greek. And, and you know what the word all means? It literally means all. So there's nothing left. If you know your math, if Jesus got it all, then there's nothing left for the devil. That means he's a zero. Right? He is a zero. And so he said, all authority has been given unto me both 
in heaven and on earth. Now, he didn't take that authority with him back to the Father. You know what he did with it? He delegated that authority to the believer, to you and me, to the church. So the church is still God's legislation on the earth. Because whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So with other words, heaven responds to what you bind and to what you loose. Isn't that something? You know, we often wait for, for God to finally do something. No, he's waiting on us for us to use our God-given authority. Amen. When we use our God-given authority, there's nothing that the devil can do. He may hinder Right? He may, he may hinder. Paul even talked about that. You know, he said, I had a, he talked to the church in Rome. He told them I had a desire to be, be with you, but Satan hindered us. Can't stop you. So don't, don't mistake some of those hindrances as stoppages. Right? That's, it's just a hindrance, but you've been given authority and you, by faith and with a little bit of patience. Amen. Patience does not mean that you're long-suffering with the devil, but patience means that you are uh, co consistent yes. in everything that you say and everything that you do. What you said yesterday is still true today. Uh, you know, what God said yesterday is still true today. Amen. You, can, you could sneak up on God, right, and open up your Bible at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you know what? You're still a new creature in Christ Jesus. You could sneak up on God at 5 o'clock in the morning. And the Bible will still tell you the same thing. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So that's our life and our lifestyle. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about that this morning. And uh, I'm not sure if you want to come up yet, babe. But um, we'll... Give me this little sign and we'll get you to come up as well. Well, we're not quite there yet for what you want to say. But uh, uh, I believe it'd be good for, you know, Ingrid, Ingrid wants to give you a challenge for 2022. And I believe it's a very good challenge. And uh, it's not something you, uh, you can just do over the year. You've got to decide for, it to, for you to do it every day. Right, Because it's nice to be in church. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> it's nice for you to be in church, right? But uh, it's not what you do in church that counts. It's what you do afterwards when you walk out of the doors, right? You're, you're still a new creation. It's easy to say that in church. But, you know, what if somebody opposes you tomorrow? <laughs> or what if someone does not agree with what you say tomorrow? What do you do? Well, you know, you're going to have to exercise exercise yourself to walk this lifestyle so let's talk about the the revelation of faith this morning and i you know we purposely want to call it that way it is a a a, a re revelation not information that's going to get the job done it's going to be revelation from heaven that's going to get the job done what's the difference well you know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Some people say, well, I've heard that before. What you're telling me is you've just received the information 
and you're tired of the information, but if you apply the Holy Ghost to it, right, if you ask him to reveal some things to you, then it's just a matter of time. And what used to be just words and what just used to be just information to you has now become a revelation to you. And once you see it, there's no way of going back and seeing it in any other way, right? Like, a, you know, there's some things in my life that I uh, see now that I can't even, I don't even know how I used to see it, how I used to see it. It's just such a, such a distance from me. So believers, we, are, we as believers are to get used to operating successfully in two realms. We are to... Uh, to know how to successfully walk in the natural realm. And that's already a struggle for some people, <laughs> right? But then we also are supposed to be successfully operating in the realm of the Spirit. And how many of you know there is a realm of the Spirit? Isn't, isn't that right? You, I'm sure you've heard about it. But, uh, you know, the Bible, actually everything in in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, is really aimed at your spirit. Even Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. They're spirit. So they, they are aimed at your spirit because your mind won't always get it. Your body is not always able to immediately experience it because they are aimed at your spirit. And once you see it in your spirit, once you believe what you have heard, once you believe what God's word says, it forms an image in your spirit. Amen. Uh, before you were saved, you might call yourself, you know, well, I'm just, you might have sung that song, <laughs> Born to Lose, right? <laughs> But now that you're born again, you can no, no longer sing those songs. I don't sing those songs anymore, like Born to Lose and of the life before. Because what you sing, what you say is what you're going to get, for sure. <laughs> Isn't that right? So there's a bunch of stuff you can, you can no, no, no longer say. I remember, you know, my, my brother Dick and I used to have a friend by the name of Rocky. And, uh, you know, uh, he had his guitar out and I got mine out and we'd be singing songs every once in a while and uh, you know he would often say and I would quote him once in a while he would make statements such as you know I'm a brother of Johnny Cash he said I'm a brother uh, my, my name is Shorter Cash <laughs> and so I would say some of those things as well because I thought they're funny right but uh, you can't say those things anymore amen because you become a born-again believer. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. So at first, all these words and these scriptures, they may not ring, uh, ring immediately, uh, you know, have a, have, a, have a sound in you. But over time, what's going to happen is those words that you speak over yourself, God's words that you speak over yourself, they will begin to create an image on the inside of you. So we are to function in both the uh, natural realm successfully and in the spirit realm successfully as well. You remember the story about the prophet Elisha? He had a servant and, uh, you know, this servant walked out one morning and he saw a whole 
host, an, an entire host of armies around them. Because what had happened is that the king of Syria wanted to have a war with the king of Israel. And so he would put some ambushes out in various parts of the nation of Israel. But because Israel had a prophet, Elisha was the prophet, he would tell the king of Israel where those ambushes were. And so the king of Israel would send uh, armies or troops to those ambushes. And so in a way, those ambushes were ambushed. And so the king of Syria was wondering about that. He was thinking, and he asked some of his uh, top-notch military people, he said, it looks like we got a mole in our midst. We got a spy in our midst. And one of the people said, one of the military experts said, well, uh, there's no spy in our midst, but there's a prophet in Israel, and he's able to tell everything that's going on in your bedroom. <laughs> that's what he told him. So what did the king do? He sent... So the king of Syria sent some people to Dothan. That's where Elisha and his servant were. And so this morning, uh, just like he normally would do, he'd go out and probably get a coffee and a, or a, like a Timmy, a double-double for the prophet. <laughs> and pick up a donut or two and walk back to the prophet's home. But this morning it was a little different because he was, they were surrounded with troops. They were surrounded with armies. He ran back. And he said, woe is me. That means we're in trouble. <laughs> woe is me. He said, what are we going to do? So what did the prophet say? The prophet said, oh, don't worry. There's more with us than there are with them. Amen. There's more with us than there are with them. And uh, so I'm sure the prophet thought that, you know, or, uh, or the servant thought the prophet may have a math problem here. Some issues with math, he may not understand math correctly because when he counted, there were quite a few troops, quite a few troops surrounding both of them. What did the prophet say? He prayed. He said, Lord, open up his eyes. And his eyes were open. Well, uh, his eyes were his problem, right? Because he was only able to see what's going on in this natural realm. And he was totally oblivious to what was going on in the realm of the spirit. And so it could be in your life as well that the things of this world are very real to you, right? And if they are very real to you, uh, the outcome is always going to be worry, frustration, fear, intimidation, all these kind of things. But if you are able to work in a different realm, operate in a different realm, the realm of the spirit, by faith, then you'll see something different. So the man's eyes were opened up because the prophet prayed for his eyes to open up. And now all of a sudden he saw that in the realm of the spirit, there were, you know, that around Elisha, there was a host of armies, God's armies surrounded around them. Or around him, around Elisha for sure. This is interesting, isn't it? So do you think that has changed? Well, no. No, nothing has changed. There are still more with us than there are with them. Amen. So that means, just like Paul, just like the prophet prayed, 
in Elisha's, in Elisha's case in 2 Kings chapter 6, Paul prayed this for the church in Ephesus. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant unto you the spirit of what? Wisdom and, and re- revelation for the acknowledgement of Jesus so that the eyes of your understanding may be flooded with light so that you may know Number one, the hope of your calling. Number two, what great investment God has made in you as a believer. Number three, the power of of the resurrection of Jesus, which not only raised up Jesus from the dead, but it raised you from the dead at the same time. It not only lifted Jesus and exalted him to a place on the right hand of God, but at the same time, it raised you up. To the same place on the right hand of God. Amen. It's a place of authority. You know, you're no longer begging. You're no longer, you know, trying to talk God into doing something when you know from the word what he, what he has already done for you and what he is able to accomplish through you. Amen. Does that make sense to you? So obviously there's a natural realm and the spirit realm. Now, don't mix them up. <laughs> don't mix them up. Don't try to use uh, the things that, that are really meant for the spirit. Don't try to put them in this natural world for we walk by faith, not by sight. Right? You can't use that scripture in the natural because you'd be walking across the street. I don't walk by, I walk by faith, not by sight. You know, you're going to be... Uh, you know, you're going to be hit by a truck pretty quick. Amen. So you don't want to do that. Or I'm just thinking about this gentleman that we knew in school. And uh, he heard a very famous preacher in our school. He had given his vehicle away. And, uh, and after he gave his vehicle away, then the Lord blessed him with a much, much better vehicle than the one that he had just given away. So this guy, he had a real clunker. And so he decided, I'm, I'm going to give my vehicle away. And I believe, you know, that God is going to bless me with a much better one as well. And so he gave his vehicle away. And for the rest of the year, he walked by faith. <laughs> so uh, you got to know what you're doing with this, right? You know, you can't just do something because somebody else did. How many of you know you're going to get into trouble? Pharaoh got into trouble because he saw Moses do something. He saw Moses split the Red Sea and Moses and all the nation of Israel walked on dry land, so to speak. They walked through the Red Sea on dry land and they made it across. And the Bible tells us exactly what what Pharaoh did in Hebrews chapter 11. It tells us he essayed. Now, that's kind of an old uh, an old King James terminology, and it just means he tried to do it. The reason why he tried to do it is because Moses did it. And in his mind, he thought, if Moses can do it, I can do it. He's not better than me. If Moses can do it, then I can do it. And what happened? Well, uh, when he crossed the Red Sea, because he had not heard from God about anything like that, all the walls came crashing down on him. <laughs> the, the walls of the Red Sea came crashing down on him and his troops. 
So you don't want to do anything based on someone else doing it. Now, what someone else does may give you a hope. It may give you a testimony that helps you. But don't just do it because someone else did it. You know, what you need to do is you get in the word for yourself until it becomes a, a something in your spirit, right? That you can see, you can see yourself do it. You can see yourself do it. And isn't that what, what the ministry of Jesus was all about? He said, I can only do the things which I see my father do. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate therein. The word to meditate means to regurge. You just, you know, lift it up or bring it up again and you think about it again. You know, it's the same word that is used for when a cow chews its cud. And how many of you know, they got four stomachs. <laughs> so they eat something, they bring it up. It goes to the next stomach. They bring it up again. And they go to the, no, I don't want to get in all the details. But you get the picture. And so that's really what it means for you to meditate the word. You speak the word. You bring it up by speaking against. And you know what? It's just a matter of time. And you do exactly what Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 tells you. It says, uh, so that you may observe to do. You know what I mean? You know, you're focused on it. That's what the word says. I'm, I believe that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to act like this. I'm not trying to get there. I believe this is me right now. Right now, I'm healed. Right now, I am blessed. Amen. Right now. Faith is always right now. I don't think we'll get there this morning the way that I'm going. <laughs> But one of the things about faith, it, it's always and always right now. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, right now. So you got to learn to live in the right now. Right now. I believe that I've received this, so I got it. When? Right now. Well, I'm just waiting for the manifestation. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, you'll be waiting for the manifestation tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and nothing ever changes. Faith is right now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I thought I'll just throw that in there for you. All right, moving on. Oh, there we are. I was looking for my television. <laughs> so um, let's go to three types of faith. There's, the Bible tells us there are three types of faith. Uh, number one, there is the common faith. You can find that in Titus chapter 1 and, uh, and verse 4. Let me just read it to you. Uh, Paul said to Titus, my own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So common faith is the faith that every believer has. Not every man. Not every man, but every believer, every man that is among you has been given the measure of faith. Isn't that right? Every man has been given the measure of faith. In the same way that when you were born, you know, when Joel was born, he was born with the same amount of muscles as I was. But if, you, if I would put Joel right next to me, Pastor Joel right next to me, you know, you would think that he's got more muscles than I do. You might think that, but you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> he's got 
the measure of, he's got the same measure of muscles as I do. It may come as a shock to you. Amen. It may come as a shock to you, but it's the honest truth. We've got the same measure of muscles. The difference is Pastor Joel works out. Right, he's got a, even a little thing here down here that he works out on, and so he uses all this this equipment, and he works out, and it, so he makes it look like he's got more muscles, but he does not. I used to have all the equipment. I probably should have kept it, but I I used to have all of the equipment, but I chose not to use it, <laughs> and then after a while, we just sold it. Anyway, you get the point, right? Every man that is among you, every person, every man, woman in Christ has been given the measure of faith. So faith is never your problem because you, you've got the faith. Now, some people use it and some people don't. Some people use it more than others. And so you will see that it may look like some people got more faith, but really and truly it's more of a picture they have developed theirs. Does that make sense to you? Right? Okay. So moving back, uh, then the next one is called, it's the gift of faith. There's also something in the Bible besides common faith. The Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. It's called the gift of faith. Or the Amplified, I believe, brings it out. It is special faith. So this is not faith that, that everybody has. It comes to you, it comes on you as one of the gifts or as one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know when you're born again, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you and you can, uh, you can walk around with him at a higher level even when you receive the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues, then all the nine gifts of the Spirit become more readily available for you. And one of them, one of the gifts, one of the manifestations is called the gift of faith. It's not something you can just muster up at any time that you feel like or want to, because if I could do that, I would do that every, every day, for sure every Sunday morning, but I can't. Amen. These gifts work as the Holy Spirit wills. Now, he's willing to always manifest himself, but what part you get, what manifestation you get is up to him. It's up to him. Does that make sense to you? So the gift of faith, the manifestation of faith is one of the gifts. Again, like I said, if I could make that happen every Sunday morning, whoo, I'd be doing that. I would be doing that. And so I can tell you one story. We were uh, Ingrid and I, we were, you know, when we were pastors here, then there was a gentleman way in the back, and he had come in. I'd seen him come in. I'd even talked to him a little bit. Uh, I found out he had been in a car accident, and uh, he was walking on, on crutches. He'd been walking on crutches for, I believe, several years even, and he was in a lot of pain. As a matter of fact, that Sunday morning, he was in a, in a, in a lot of pain. And so after the service, then we had an altar call, and uh, we asked for people to come up for healing. And he was one of the first ones up with his crutch. So uh, the gift of faith came on me. How do you know? Well, there's an anointing that comes on you. And even if I tried to doubt, I couldn't. <laughs> That's the, 
amazing thing about the gift of faith. Even if you try to doubt, you know, you just can't doubt anymore. And you, you just act something out what you've seen in your spirit. So he came up. And I took the crutch away from him. I gave it to Ingrid. Ingrid took it away. She walked back to her seat here. So he couldn't do anything with his crutch. So I, I pointed at him. I said, you walk back without a crutch. In Jesus' name, you are healed. And he did. He did. So Bill Jewell was his name. Just think of his name. Remember? Bill Jewell. He walked right back to his seat back there, and then he walked out. He was on his way out, and we thought, well, we should maybe give his crutch back. He may have paid good money for it. We don't, we don't know. So we gave his crutch back. He said, well, I don't need that. Well, I said, we don't need it either, so um, maybe, maybe you can do something with it. So I saw him walking off with it. Afterwards, the same week, he told me the story that he had gone across the street here, and uh, there's a little, you know, a little road, a little walkway there. And he threw the crutch away in one of the bushes. And then a lady saw him and she ran after him. And she was mad at him, raising his fist. You're littering. <laughs> so she had not heard the whole story. She might not have been so harsh on him. All right. So you got common faith. Every believer's got common faith. You can, you can use that at will at any time. Amen. You can operate in the word. You can choose to be a doer of the word at any time. Then the gift of faith number three, there's such a thing as faithfulness. That's one of the, that's the fruit of the spirit. And it's translated, it's the same word faith as, as, every, as everywhere else. And uh, I'm just going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes is love, joy or gladness, peace, patience and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness. Faithfulness. So one way to explain faith is that it will, it will bring out faithfulness in you. It will bring out faithfulness in you. I remember one time I uh, was at a, at a ministerial meeting, and this one minister came up to me, and he was kind of, you know, he was kind of uh, put out with me. I don't know about what, you know, but he didn't like word of faith. That's what he said. So he said, well, you know, if you're one of these faith preachers, well, I thought, okay, I never classified myself that way, but uh, I'll plead guilty for sure. <laughs> I don't mind. And so he said, well, you know, uh, what does that faith do? What does it do for you? What has it done for you? I said, well, the first thing it will do, you know, it came out of my spirit. I didn't even think about it. came up out of my spirit. I said, the first thing it will do is it will make you a very faithful person. Yeah. Amen. It will make you a faithful person. Faithful to what? Faithful to your word. How many of you know God is faithful? Amen. But you know what? He is faithful too. You would like him to be faithful to you. That's true. He will be faithful to you. But the first and foremost thing that God is faithful to is his word. Amen. So as long as you're faithful to his word, he will be faithful to you. But if you keep walking away from it, then there's nothing for him to work with. Amen. Now, this is something about the Lord. You know, Psalm 138, it tells us in verse 2, uh, it talks about the nature and the character of 
of God. It, it says that it, God has magnified his word over and above, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, over and above all of his name. God has magnified his word over and above all of his name. With other words, he thought more of his word and keeping his word than he did of trying to have a good name. But do you know why he has such a good name? Because he kept his word. Right? That's the reason why he's got such a good name. Do you know why Jesus has such a good name? It's the name above all names. The reason why is because he kept his word to the Father. The Father kept his word to him. Now, how many of you know that's a big deal? Right? So one of the ways to explain faith is, yes, there's common faith. Thank God there's a gift of faith. But the other side of the coin is it's going to make you a very faithful person. Just like God is faithful to his word, you're going to be faithful to your word. Now, you know, that's going to build some character in you. If you think more of your word than your name and you keep your word at all times, it's just a matter of time. You'll have a good name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, that would simplify life as well. Right. Have you ever noticed how complicated life has become? Right. Even if you want to just get a get a new phone. Why you got to go to one of these companies and they give you a stack of papers this thick and you got to sign here, initial over here, and then sign again. And over the yellow over here, you do it one more time. Do you know why? Because, well, uh, if it doesn't pan out, they can take you to court. They, you know, because people have, have kind of lost track of the fact that it's important to keep your word. So that ought to be different inside of the church. Right, just you know, even should be you shouldn't even be able to to have a handshake. You know, that's what my dad. I remember him him saying that one time. It used to be that uh, the only place that you would shake hands was after making a deal on the open market. But most of the time, people would just say things, and that would be good as gold. Their word would be good as gold. Amen. Everything added, everything else that's been added to it. It's just has complicated life. So I believe that's why James told us, let your yes be yes and let your no be no for everything. After that is evil. <laughs> it, it just becomes a very complicated mess. Can you say amen? Also, this is very important. I believe that Ingrid should come up at this moment. Isaiah chapter 59. Here is a, is, is a covenant that God has made, of course, with the nation of Israel. But it's the same covenant that he has made with you as, as well. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 21. God told Israel, and he tells you this morning, As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed's seed, says the Lord, from henceforth and forever. So God wants to put words in your mouth. 
He wants to put words in your mouth. Not only that, he wants to put words in your children's mouth. Amen. And I believe if you operate that way, you'll get a good, healthy, strong family. <laughs> Not only that, but he wants to put words in your grandkids' mouth. That's the covenant that God has made with you. There's a reason for that, isn't there? That's right. Okay. I'll try and tie into that sentence, but I'll just, I'll just start. Yeah, you just start, start wherever <laughs> okay. you want to start. <laughs> um, it kind of sounds like I'm changing topics, but I'm not. Because faith is always, well, faith is who we are. Faith is who we are. And so I thought, okay, Lord, it's 2022. So what does that mean for me and you? You. <laughs> um, you know, God is so faithful to his word. I love that you said that. He's faithful to you, but he's faithful to his word, which is actually really the basis of what I want to talk about because that is the key. I was, one time I was uh, meditating on the scripture uh, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I thought, okay, Lord, I want to be humble because what if he resists me? You don't want that. I don't want that. Oh, man, can you imagine? I thought, oh, Lord, no, I will be a humble person. So I thought, well, I'm kind of a nice person, you know, basically pretty nice. So, so how much pride really do I have? So I said, oh, just in case, Lord, will you show me? Throughout the day. So I was going throughout the day. You know, I was drove here, drove there. And while I was driving, I thought, I've, I heard in my heart, hmm, there's a little pride there. I thought, what? I thought, yeah, you know what? Is it, is it good for me? I, I'm faster than you. I'm a better driver. I need to be in front of you. It's not bad to be in front of someone. But I thought, do I really need to force my way in there? I thought, Ooh. oh. You didn't tell me that part because... I, because I, that's what you do. I do that all the time. <laughs> That's what you do. I, I did not know. I tell you honest, I did not know that was a social... Well, ask the Lord if that's pride. <laughs> Can I do that afterwards? <laughs> well, you're driving home. Maybe drive Well, you drive, drive home, home. Okay. ask the Lord. Good point. Because, well, you know, if he's going to... I, I wanted to be honest with him. I thought, okay, Lord, I really want to know this. And then, okay, so that was one. And then I was, you know, I was making supper... Putting all this effort into supper, and no one says to me, "Man, that was delicious. Thanks for all your work." I thought, "Am I not appreciated around here?" Oh, you are. Laundry, I do. I fold it, iron it, put it away, and no one says, "Man, thank you so much. You're lovely and wonderful." Pride. I thought, okay, Lord. You know what? And I thought, even every little thing, I want to be so much in tune with His Word, because that's where. I want, that's where he can bless me and that's where I can live in what he has for me. So then, and so that what, I'm telling you that story because God is always there to show you. If you ask him, he will show you. Yeah. And so then I said, okay, Lord, what about 2022? And um, I thought, 2022, I'm going to agree with the Lord. I am going to agree with his word. Yeah. So there's a, a Psalm 141 verse 3. It says, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Okay, Lord, so how, what does that look like? So it's like asking like a security guard, right? To stand there and say, nope, nope, nope. And I thought, okay, so how important are words? And I know many of you have probably heard me say this, but I, to me, when I learned this, it changed my whole world. It changed my whole life, and I know it changed 
the life of my children and how I raised them and how I looked at the world I was living in and how content I was in how much I knew God was real and for me. Um, so he's right there to help me say the right thing. And then so I thought, okay, so who, who am I believing more? Do I believe God's word more or do I believe my words more? I thought, oh, I'm a Christian. Of course I believe God's word. Thank you very much, Lord. And away I went. And I thought, you know what? I'm not sure that's true either. Am I saying the same thing as he's saying? If I come to church and I hear that I am whole and well, I hear that I, have, um, I am full of joy, I am full of faith, I am full of peace. Yeah. Can, I, can I stop here yeah. for a second? You keep the thought. But let me ask you this question. Who do you believe more? God or you? Who do you believe more? Do I go in with that or you want to finish that? Well, I'll just finish. I'll, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then, keep that thought in mind. But then, so that's all the things that you hear in church, right? You hear you're full of peace, joy, love, patience, all those things. And then I would go home and then I would see something that was different to what the word said. And I thought, oh, I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry. Man, I can't stand that guy. I thought, oh, you know what? I am not believing God's word. I'm believing my words which was kind of a shock to me because I love the Lord. I got born again when I was 11. I was raised in church, and so I thought, well, of course God's words are more important than my words and what I think, but that was not my reality because I was living in anger, fear, frustration. And so then I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with the Lord. So this year, I'm going to agree with the Lord. I'm going to agree with the Lord. Pardon? Yeah. We're going to agree with the Lord. And as a church, do you guys want to join me? 2022, let's agree with the Lord because there's some things, um, never again will I confess fear for God has given me the spirit of fear, has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Never again will I confess lack of wisdom for Jesus Christ is made unto me wisdom from God. Never again will I confess sickness, or with his stripes I am healed. And Jesus himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. Never again will I confess frustration, for thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. So those are the words. So when those feelings come, man, the guy frustrates me to no end. No, no, no. God's word is, I am full of love. That's who I am. I agree with God's word. You got to say those words out loud. You got to speak those words. So first of all, you got to get in his word and find out what it says about each situation. When there's something like churning inside, find out what's going on. Like don't ignore it. Find out what's going on. Find some word that goes with it and say, Lord, I agree with you. I agree with you. This is what you say. This is who I am. Who do you believe more? God or you? Now, of course, you'd like to say, I believe God more. But the honest truth is you believe you more than anyone else, including God. That's not criticism. That's the way that you were created. Yeah, can I Amen? add to that? Oh, like please. when you got born again, yes, 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 yes. when you got born again, how did you do it? You heard something that God said. 
you believed it, and then you said out loud, yeah. I believe that the Lord has been raised from the dead, and he has now become my Lord. Th- those words took you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you yes, in the kingdom of light. They sure did. They, that's huge. That changed your destination. So those words, the words that you speak are huge. That's how God set it up. Yeah. He made the world with his words. Yeah. Amen. He, he spoke it into existence. Yeah. Amen. So important. Yeah. So who do you believe more, God or you? The answer is you. And that's not, again, that's not a criticism. That's the way that you were created. You were created by God to believe you more than anyone else. And you do a lot of talking to yourself. Yeah. Right? During the daytime, you talk to yourself. You have a, sometimes you have a whole, a, an, an entire conversation with yourself. You you ask questions and you answer those questions, right? You do all those things because that's how you were created. When God or when Genesis says that, uh, you know, God breathed into Adam and he became a, he became a living soul, what one Jewish um, translation will actually tell you is he became a speaking spirit because that's what sets you apart from the rest of God's creation. Right? You can maybe talk to your dog, right? I'm, I understand that you can talk to your dog and cat, and, you know, but when it's all said and done, your, your fellowship with them is quite limited. <laughs> right? <laughs> you can only say, who's the dog in the house for so long? Right? And they still haven't figured it out. I don't think you figured it out either, but that dog is your dog in the house. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so, so, so that's what sets you apart. It, it, it has set you apart from the rest of God's creation, the ability for you to speak. The ability for you to, to speak. That's the, that's the God, uh, the God in, in, ingredient, you could say, on the inside of you. And that's how God created you. So that's why, because he knows how the system works, that's why he's made a covenant with you, saying this, that my spirit that is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth, not depart from your seeds, from your offspring's mouth, nor from your seed's seed's mouth. Why is that? Because God knows how the system works. If he can get his word in you and he can get you to say what he said, then his covenant is going to be established upon the face of the earth. That's the way that the covenant begins to work in your family. That's how restoration will come. I believe this for, for 2022. It is going to affect you. Amen. Especially in those areas where you will see a restoration and family, <laughs> fam, a family and finances coming to you. Hallelujah. It will be good. It'll be good. It'll, it'll start in 2022. Praise the Lord. Anything else? Um, as you go, like when you do this, it's, Christianity is not for the faint of heart. It's not. Because you're dealing with your flesh. And so the, the, it's like a decision. It, it's, when you have something come, you have to just stop for one second and make the decision. Like, don't react. Make a decision. Make the decision to choose God's word. Lord, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And if you've already reacted, then you can just step back and say, Lord, sorry, uh, now I agree with you. Yeah. 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 He loves you. 
He'll work with you. He'll help you. If you ask him to show you, he will. He will. Praise the Lord. All right. With that in mind, I'm going to be going to give it back to Pastor Joel. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your midst once again. It's always so great to be home and be among home people.